0: What makes a story scary? Is the devil in the details? We explore the art of weaving a sordid tale with a novelist who has a knack for doing such things in this episode. And we'll try to tell our own scary stories in two sentences or less. Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall.
1: And I'm Patrick Garrett.
0: Barbara Chapitis is the author of 11 published novels and two nonfiction books. Her most recent novel is The Amber, about a young woman who tracks her family history through ancient Lithuania alongside a man who sold his soul to the devil and is trying to get it back. She's the founder of the Snickering Witches Storytelling Group and teaches workshops in writing. Barbara, thank you for joining us.
2: It's my pleasure.
0: You write a lot of scary stuff. Is that a fair assessment of your of your yes. canon? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I you know I've read a lot of Stephen King in in my life and you know read a lot about him and his process and such. And one of his one of the things that he says is that he kind of comes up with uh, his ideas anywhere, like in the shower, in bed, or you know. Wherever. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with a scary concept?
2: Do you keep yourself awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of the scary concepts grow out of experiences I've had. I'm afraid to say, uh, so to speak dreams, nightmares that I've had, experiences that I've had. I think that we all face a lot of fear in our lives and don't necessarily talk about it because we wanna look strong. We wanna be kind of on top of the the alpha in the pack or whatever. <laughs> fear uh, factor. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we, we we hide our fears. And I use mine instead. So it mostly grows from life. Sometimes it grows from stories other people tell me. I'm a real big story collector. In fact, I love to like take long train rides and people will tell you the most astonishing things on the train about their lives um, in this very deep way. And I I collect those and I use them.
0: How do you make a story scary? Is there a trick or a tool or something or is it more of a feeling how do you how do you make something sound scary
2: I think first you have to begin with essential fears that we all have and work from them we're all afraid of being stuck in the dark in a place where we can't see what might hurt us
0: that's very existential yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) and we have no control places where we have no control Um, are are great sources of fear. So you have to have a good sequence of events to begin with. And as far as the particular writing, for me, I've been thinking about that lately. A lot of it is a matter of pacing. We forget when we're reading that we're experiencing not just this sort of movie of the mind, but it's also there's a sound to it, right? Mm -hmm. Words have sound as they ring in our heads, and they have pacing and they have rhythm. So you want to set your pacing accordingly. When you're in a scary scene, you're not just saying showing it to the reader. You want them to feel the heartbeat Mm -hmm. within it and the heartbeat starting to get erratic. The heartbeat is jumping around so your sentences get shorter and choppier or they develop a beat, a pace that gets faster and faster and faster and faster and if you build that in it's a very subtle influence that allows the reader to really feel the moment and that's what writers do. We want to manipulate you um, not to, so much to know our feelings but to feel something yourself.
0: What's the scariest thing you've ever read?
2: Some of the things that scare me most are actually like humans living humans
0: mm-hmm. things that humans uh, do to each other or that...
2: right yeah I'm much more frightened of the living than the dead stories of the holocaust terrify me mm-hmm. um that this could happen
0: those are fused with human emotion too yes which yes. is a terrifying yes <laughs> realm
2: the story of the titanic you mm-hmm. know uh, mm-hmm. the way the living do not behave responsibly toward the living that really terrifies me In the world of the supernatural, something like The Exorcist, The Demonic, really frightens me.
1: Do you think I should take her to a psychiatrist? The problem with your daughter is not her bed, it's her brain.
2: Um, The truly demonic, as opposed to like the devil in the amber, who is in the vein of Lithuanian tradition. For Lithuanians, the devil is really kind of a human who's gone awry. It's fixable.
0: It's not some unseen force or Right.
2: Making you and your body do something that you don't want to do. That's a terrifying
0: Well, that feeds into the whole, you know, root of all of our fears being mm-hmm. out of control, right? Yep. Terrifying to me as well. I mean, most of my most of the books on my list of the scariest things I've ever read tend toward the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've I've just always been terrified by that. <laughs> kind <laughs> of why I'm you doing are. this. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm facing my fear. Anything by Stephen King. Stephen King's a great writer and a scary one. I read Pet Cemetery when I was really young, so that one stuck with me. It stuck with me. The stand was pretty scary. Um, ghost Story by Peter Straub. I will take you places where you have never been.
2: Yeah, and I I'm not I'm not afraid of ghosts at that all. Doesn't, that
0: doesn't, <laughs> That doesn't keep you up at night. Well, that book kept me up at night. The Exorcist is on my list. Mm-hmm. And then the last one on my list is The Amityville Horror.
2: Mm. It's the kind of house they don't build anymore.
0: Standard yes. haunted house scary that has endured. Um, and then also a couple of short stories that terrify me. Anything by Ray Bradbury, basically.
2: Mm. And, you know, I have to mention another one that's in the, it's in the realm of the real. When I was in third grade... I was a voracious reader, and I had older siblings, and I read their books, and my mother... Was always bringing me books home from the library. So there's this book lying around. I said, "Mommy, is this a good book?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go read it. <laughs> Get out of my hair, kid." It, it was in Cold Blood by Truman Capote, oh. <laughs> and I read it. I was in third grade. I don't think I slept for a year. Oh, that one, that one was
0: scary. Now that I think yes. about it, yes, <laughs> yes,
2: yes. The idea of someone getting into your house, invading your space, mm-hmm. and and for such arbitrary reasons. You know, I, I felt that even as a child that. These people didn't deserve that. Yeah. You know?
0: Terrifying. Patrick, what about you? What do you got?
1: Now, for me, I'm, I'm a little bit more scared by the human spirit, like yeah. like you are. So, a lot of mine aren't supernatural uh, stories. So, my actual favorite short story is The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. uh, um, followed closely by The Telltale Heart. Mm-hmm.
2: I had to stop it.
1: Most of mine are things that aren't intended to be scary that end up being scary as well. And then there were none by Agatha Christie. For some mm. reason, that scares me. And I think it's just the, the mystery behind having a murderer, you know, around the house. It, and, and as people go down, you're just like, yes, I don't know who it is. Yes. Who is it? And it, it builds that suspense. So maybe it's that suspense rather than, you know.
2: And, and that horror. one by one disappearance, right? That's actually a childhood nightmare of mine where the people on my block are for reasons I can't determine disappearing one by one and I could still see the image of our family dog like disappearing right down to the tip of his tail kind of like the Cheshire dog. You know? <laughs> and was he smiling? He, he was kind of wagging his tail when he disappeared. Wow. To be fair, and that's
1: a scary cat too. That's yeah. That's a very <laughs> terrifying.
2: Yes, because then of course the the thing is you're going to be the one to disappear next.
1: There was another one. I don't know if you've seen it now. The movie is a little cheesy, but the book is actually scary because it does something that the movie can't do. The book, I Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: The wait is over. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for?
1: (laughs) And it's a very cheesy movie, but the book itself, it really teases. It's the visual of not seeing the visual in your Mm -hmm. own head that it plays Mm -hmm. on your own fear And you've created this whole story and this whole visual, and then all of a sudden, it's not right. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's my fault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fear of disappointment. (laughs) Disappointing others with your visions. Yeah, anything where the imagination kind of fills in the blanks Mm -hmm. tends to be really scary. I mean, I've had more experience with this, obviously, with movies. Like, when you can't see the big bad in a movie or a Mm -hmm. TV show or something, that tends to to really scare me. And, and in books, when you have to kind of imagine the monster or the, you know, the murderer or whatever, mm-hmm. like you, your mind tends to make things a lot scarier. Yes. Than,
2: and it will also bring to bear whatever home images you have that are frightening. You know, I'll call those up and put them in the script. So
0: <laughs> We're all our own you know, oh, yes. <laughs> worst horror novelist you in our own heads. You bet.
1: Do, do you have a favorite scary trope?
2: I don't know that I do. I, I, because of what I'm writing, I have to play with a lot of different ones. Um, I have some that remain with me as you know a list of favorites, kind of like my top ten scary tropes. And I think one of them is the the being um, being stilled, being uh, ooh, paralyzed in some way, and unable to help yourself. That's probably my character Jaguar is a very proactive woman let's say she carries a red glass knife up her sleeve you know she well hey (laughs) she's not afraid to slit a throat with it if she has to and she herself is not often frightened she's more often frightening other people but when she gets scared I have to put her in something that's she's totally helpless I have to put her in a corner and get her out of it
0: do you scare yourself? Do you just like, do you have to sit back and stop and be like, whoa, 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 that was too scary. I have to like sing It's a Small World or like go to my happy place.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I can't. I, it's not even so much that I'm in charge of the pacing. I trust my characters. They are in charge of it. And they're going to see me through. Gotcha. I'm not alone in that world. And it feels very comfortable to me to be there. So I don't scare myself with that. And when I was a little girl, my brother took me and my sister out in a boat rowboat on a lake and he had his buddy with them and they started teasing us that there were snapping turtles in the in the water and the water was dark right and they're like snapping turtles are gonna jump right up and pull you under and you're not gonna be able to live they're gonna drown you and then eat you (laughs) right and my sister and her friends we were like eight years older (laughs) and i i knew in instinctively that if i showed fear it would only get worse they'd only pour it on more they feed on your so i leaned back and i trailed my hand in the water and i said yeah and i was my heart was like pounding in my chest <laughs> wow <laughs> you would be good on they, an episode <laughs> of fear factor oh my gosh i lost interest you know
0: wow yeah no uh, facing your fears i mean that's the, in a lot of of stories that i've read that have meant to be scary like you know the the big climax is facing the fear yes yes and that's how kind of you come out of it and mm-hmm. you live on
2: yes and that's the premise of all the jaguar books and probably a lot of what i write you know even in the amber both of the characters are facing their essential self-betrayal their essential fear why they betrayed themselves or others what fear generated that mm-hmm. um and that's how you grow, you know? That's how you become more of a human being.
0: So a few years back, Reddit issued a challenge. There was a question on Reddit. What is the best horror story you can come up with in two sentences? Uh, and a lot of people jumped on this. One of my absolute favorites, and one that actually a short film was made based on it. Uh, it's literally like less than two minutes long, a YouTube video uh, that that's based on this premise. I began tucking him into bed, and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering and whispering,
2: Daddy, there's somebody in my
0: bed. Daddy, there's someone on my bed. And that was by Juan J. Ruiz, is the, the user that submitted that. Yeah, that's pretty
2: scary. That's a good one. <laughs> yes. That's pretty scary. I don't look under my daughter's bed when
0: I put her to bed, <laughs> precisely for that reason.
2: <laughs> Platform beds are really nice. There's no under, you oh, know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Good call. Or I, I shove, like, stuff under the bed. Like, I, I put, right. like, stuff in in uh, plastic containers and I put mm. them under the beds. There's no room for monsters <laughs> under there.
1: My favorite was the one about the phantom limb. So mm. the doctors told the amputee he might experience a phantom limb from time to time. Nobody prepared him for the moments, though, when he felt cold fingers brush across his phantom hand.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, Um, They celebrated the first successful cryogenic freezing. He had no way of letting them know he was still conscious.
0: That one is terrifying. (laughs) Yes,
2: and that harks back to dreams I had as a child, too, where I would be in the dream, I would be dead, and... Not dead though, at the same time, everyone would think I was dead and they'd be like moving my arms and stuff around, and I'd be I couldn't tell them I wasn't dead. Mm -hmm. So I, I, well, you know, I had a strange brain even then.
0: (laughs) Strange and fabulous, (laughs) you know.
2: Well, I think they even made a movie
1: off of that concept too. There was what was it? The guy was under and he was getting like. He was having surgery, but he was still conscious, and they were mm-hmm. talking about like harvesting him, and yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, there you go, and like murdering yeah. him while he was right on the table, c- and he could hear, but he couldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He was just paralyzed from the. Well,
0: medicine. I mean that that's possible in real life. I mean, some some stroke victims they can't they're conscious right. but they can't communicate. I mean, right. it, but it harkens back to what you talk about about you know being
2: out the, of control and to like, yes. move, mm-hmm. like just the
0: basic human fear. Yes, that's kind of common to most of us. Okay, I woke up to hear knocking on glass. At first, I thought it was the window until I heard it come from the mirror
2: again. Mirrors are scary to me. (laughs) There was a Twilight Zone that was um, a man who could, when people were about to die, when they were going to die soon, their faces would glow. And at the end of it, he looks in the mirror and sees his own face glowing. And I will admit that caused me to avoid mirrors for some time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have someone with a more juvenile excuse. The Bloody Mary thing scared oh, me. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, we didn't
2: do Bloody Mary. We had all kinds of other games that we oh, played, too but not that one. That.
0: Too chicken.
2: <laughs> we played most of them.
0: All right. The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 1207 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screams. I sat bolt upright, relieved. It was only a dream. But as I saw my alarm clock read 1206, I heard my closet door creak open.
2: There you go. <laughs>
0: like monsters under the bed, monsters in the closet. You Dreams
2: know. becoming real. I have to say, since I got dogs, I'm much less afraid of that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Animals. Like my cats, too. I always feel more comfortable right. when the cats are around because I feel like they can like sense and ward off evil. They can. Yes. Evil.
2: Absolutely they can. They <laughs> sense everything.
0: That's terrifying. All right. I
2: got,
1: a, I got a good one. Don't be scared of the monsters. Just look for them. Look to your left. To your right, under your bed, behind your dresser, in your closet, but never look up. She hates being seen.
2: Ooh, that's oh a
0: Okay, so let's see. Can we come up with one ourselves? Mm, let's see. <laughs> see, I'm,
2: Patrick and I were talking about this, and here's my problem. I'm a novelist. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think in long I, outlines, it's, yeah. it's going
2: to be a book, you know, or, or something nothing. something
0: scary about, like, something... Hmm probably take longer than i had hoped yes no the
2: short my husband writes short stories and they take a long time to write Mm -hmm. um our last challenge on an idea he wrote this beautiful crisp clean short story and i wrote four novels so you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean that's true like it takes a long time to craft something very simple
2: and for me i want to set it up with the character because we each have our own particular sort of expression of fear Mm-hmm. so it has to you have to have your character you have to set them up in the right situation and so on and so forth and then you zing with the scary stuff mm. but it, the the fear itself grows out of the setup first
1: to take so, a quick side note just away from the scary there was um, I remember somebody once issued Ernest Hemingway a challenge for write yes. something sad in seven words or Six less words, and it was forced. for sale
2: baby shoes Never worn. Oh. I know. Now and I'm that's, sad. It, you now know... scare me quick so I can not <laughs> anymore. The only one I could come up with was, uh, you know, and it's, it's kind of, I probably kind of pitiful. It was, um, she stared at the cougar and this cougar stared back. That's all I could come up with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty intense. Well, yeah, it was. it was intense. Well, okay, so I have a quick idea here. So we were talking to Maeve McEnany in one of our previous episodes and she was talking about, you know, they had had a seance in the old Tenbrook mansion Mm. and there was a mysterious bell ringing incident. I'll let listeners go back and listen to the whole podcast because it really was kind of creepy, but like something to do with a sound, like a chime or something rings, but everybody's cell phones are off. Yeah. (laughs) Something along those lines. Like I heard... My dead wife's cell phone, you know, like her the ringtone that you have associated Uh with her phone, like my dead wife's calling me kind of thing.
1: I I, I have one for you if you want, if you want to go that route. Okay. I heard Jimmy calling me from the living room. He was at school that day.
0: Mm -hmm. That's kind of nice. But it's coming from inside the building.
2: Well,
0: I I guess we can invite our listeners if they feel so inclined Mm. to share their long or short fictional, fear-infused musings with us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can read them next time.
0: Yeah, we can read them next time. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. If you'd
1: like to share your scary stories with us, email us at lightson at wamc.org. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the Lights On is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head over to wamc.org.